0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
0: plus. live. Good morning. Good evening. Wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable podcast. This is podcast number 494. My name is Eric Nelson. With me today, I have my regular co-host, Corey Romero. Today is Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. Corey, how's it going?
2: Going fantastic. Busy, busy, busy. VMworld's coming up. How are you doing, Eric?
0: Same, same, same. Got, getting everything together. <laughs> I, I just have so much to do these last four days. I looked at it and went, there's no way I'm going to get it all done. But uh, we're getting close, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with getting it done. So yeah, same with you. We're gonna fly on Friday, right?
2: Yeah, Friday morning. Yeah.
0: Heading heading up to year. So. up the year across the pond. Should be should be should be a great show. Looking forward to that. So on the show today, thought we would uh, touch base with the folks from Skyline. So VMware Skyline, we have Josh Laurie in the studio. He's senior. Uh, Director of Product Marketing for Global Services. Josh, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for
1: having me on. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. Be, it's great to touch base with you guys. I don't think we've talked about Skyline for like a year or so on the podcast. So uh, good to have you in the studio and we'll, we'll we've spend come a time so. talk about how it's going. I know it was a big deal. You got some AI. You got, you know, you know, lots of ways to run data centers now that's different. So it should be kind of exciting topic to talk to you. That's right. Yep, very good. But before we get to uh, VMware Skyline with Josh, uh, we thought we would just touch base on the what's going on, uh, getting ready for VMworld Europe. So if you've been in a cave and you're coming out uh, November 4th through 7th, which is this Sunday through all the way through Thursday, we'll be in Barcelona, Spain doing vmworld europe and uh, looking forward to all the people that we're meeting there we've been uh, engaged on social uh, driving the value props to the bloggers uh, we got a really great blogger program that's going to be happening uh, where you're going to get to meet pat you're going to get a press pass you're going to uh, you're going to be part of the top 100 bloggers i think uh, the got blogger passes are going to be wine and dined this time so this is a uh, really our first attempt at doing real influencer marketing and treating the top bloggers as as big-time influencers, even though we have a thousand bloggers in the blogger program, it's uh, it's always great to single out some and uh, and and let them get access to press and analysts as well as path briefings and other things. So that's happening. We have VMware code there. I've got my Raspberry Pis all set up. Um, I managed to get a Kubernetes cluster running on Raspberry Pi, my living room all this week, setting that up because we sent some of the pre-configured machines out to Japan where they're doing the same thing in uh, vForm in Japan uh, a week after uh, Next. So they got half my gear, reprovisioned gear, got sensors, everything ready to go. I'm really proud of myself because I managed to get uh, Kubernetes running on another set of Raspberry Pis, with worker nodes and master node, and it's like an art form, but I'm getting better at it. So so we'll be there for code. We've got the blogger tables. We've got V vBrownBag, all the sessions. We've been watching sessions fill up, but remember for V vBrownBag and code, which is all one big booth, uh... you can always come in and watch a session uh, we don't really check who signed up and who didn't so come on join grab a seat Grab somebody else's seat. We're community. We don't care that much. And there will be standing room. Uh, and so, if you didn't get on one of the sessions, come by and just uh, watch a session from the, the gallery and uh, say hello to all of us. will the whole team will be there. The social team will be there. Uh, Corey, you're going to be there. So uh, that's what's happening with VMworld, uh, all the community stuff, the uh, expert parties on. So Corey, I know the experts. Uh, you've been busy. You've been busy. What's happening with the experts as you get ready to go to Europe?
2: yeah so uh so this morning we did the project pacific webinar with the uh with the team um, that is now in the emails of uh, all the v experts so we recorded that and sent that out uh, we also released the v cloud director 10 licenses which are now in the v expert portal um, something else we are doing for um for v expert which is pretty cool we're doing a community building for v dot vmware.com so we've reached out to the v experts and we are looking for experts who have knowledge in PHP and a few other things. We've got uh, all the listings of all the technologies we're working with. And so if you're interested in that, uh, ping me, uh, shoot me an email. Um, that email should be in your email address if you're a vExpert. Uh, also, vExpert 2020 applications, they're going to be opening in mid-November. So uh, we will release an announcement for that. Um, to everybody's email on Twitter, and we're going to do some social marketing as well for that. So um, stay tuned on the date of when we're going
0: to open those applications. Yeah, that sounds great. And I just to touch base for a second on the the Vexpert community stuff you're talking about, which is in a real sense we've kind of done the crowdsourcing on uh, the Vexpert program over the last couple of years between the Vexpert pros, which help us manage the voting and onboarding of v experts and training and evangelizing the program as a whole, which are the Vexpert pros. Now we're actually we have this you know Vexpert community place where. Just like Martin uh, helped us build the original community app, right? Which, if you were to buy a expert app in today's market, probably cost us two hundred thousand a year in licensing fees just to have mm-hmm. a robust app that we've already got. Uh, and Martin, you know, bless his soul, helped you. You both you and Martin, you know, built the Vexpert app, and now you're actually taking that to the next level, uh, allowing community participation in, you know, building out our community platform. So instead of paying lithium 400000 a year in licensing fees, we're basically using the community to, to help build next versions of application functionality. Is that is that is that a good summary of what you guys are up to?
2: yeah it is it, it, absolutely and and it's pretty cool. I really haven't seen much of this um anywhere else um so you know this is really tailored to the v expert needs and uh what we're doing in the community so yeah, going on with something like lithium, you know you've got this huge footprint of an application right where we're developing uh, you know p h p application which is just fantastic to work with
0: yeah yeah i gotta say it uh it allows the program and the, the and the tech for the program to go in the right direction, right? And I get vendors come in and, and pitch and I, I just go, yeah, we, we build that stuff, right? You know, we're VMware. We, we don't, we don't need you right. to build that stuff, Right. And, uh, and you can just see in their eyes, they're jealous. They're like, yeah, could I come work for you? You know, like because uh, there's nothing like this, there's nothing like this. And if you look at our program and our community, this is. Uh, I just got to say thanks to everybody that helps us with this stuff because it gives VMware a competitive edge, right? It gives our whole ecosystem, e- ecosystem a competitive edge. So thank you for doing that. And uh, and apps are out. Uh, what's the timeline for apps again? One more time. You know, so they're going to
2: open in mid n- mid November. So I'm going to look at the complete timeline once VMworld's over, and uh, I'll announce what the date is going to be.
0: Okay, so so they're opening in November. They're not open yet. Right. Correct. Yep. Good. All right. Got that. Got that. All right. Well, thanks for the update. As always, uh, we'll, we'll drift, drift over to the color of the bay. Uh, the color of the bay, it's windy. And uh, when we have this dry wind, fire season hits, uh, is upon us. And we've got fires in California in October, late November. Strong winds. So the bay is choppy and, and uh, ash gray. Right. Cause, <laughs> yeah.
1: And we have uh, team members impacted and customers impacted by by the fire. So I just want to give a quick shout out to them. And we're thinking about them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about them. Um, I'm thinking about just uh, putting a mar- marshmallows on a stick and open my window and uh, I get free cooking. It's just, you just have to take this in stride. The, the truth is, we're not having that many big fires um, like in pre- pre- previous year. Last year, we had huge fires. But this year, the power company is being uh, proactive and shutting down power when we oh, hit yeah. winds of 80 miles an hour in the mountains. And that's impacting everybody because we're just having rolling power outages depending on wind speed throughout uh, northern California. So, and our, uh, and our
1: mayors are trying to figure out how they remove uh, the PG&E power company from the equation. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I,
0: there's a little bit of politics yeah, going on absolutely. here for sure, you know, funding of power lines and that kind of stuff. But uh, so we will see. But California... The, the the water, it is windy out and it is, uh, it is you know, we do have some fires. There's some great sunsets with a lot of the ash in the air. So we'll call it ash gray. That's the color of the bay, ash gray. So there you have it. And with that, we should move on to our main topic of the day, VMware Skyline. So Josh, uh, Josh Laurie, thanks for joining us. Why don't you do the five-minute, uh, we always take our guests and say, tell us a little bit about your career arc, because we're a community podcast. Sure. How long have you been working, and what have you been worked on, and then how long have you been at VMware, and what do you do here?
1: Yeah, uh, before I get into you know, uh, my trajectory and the career, um, I was listening to Corey's update and your update um, earlier, and it just never ceases to amaze me how much um, goodness and impact that our community makes. Um, I think about it as kind of like a tree. Like our company, VMware, is kind of like what's shown above ground with all the leaves and the branches and how beautiful it is. But really, the roots underneath the ground are what make that possible. And that's our community. That's the, the experts, the yeah. MTN, the uh, mug. Um, you know, my team yeah. spent a lot of time with uh, the community to make sure that we are uh, driving awareness, driving education, training opportunities. Um, and so it's just really amazing to see that.
0: It's a hug fest. Yeah, 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 it really it, is. It is. But it is... Uh... It is. It's a, and I don't take credit for it. I think that yeah. VMware you know, just got lucky and that we did really cool tech at a time when all of this was showing up. And then we have not broken it by allowing marketing to go crazy on it. Like we've, We have yeah. kept it in the community, by the community, for the community. And so it's worked out well for everybody. It's a win-win-win across the board. So. Yeah, yeah. We need to continue Good. that. Absolutely. Cool.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I started my career actually in the Air Force right out of uh, high school. So I joined up when I was about 17 and a half. Um, My parents were not happy about it. (laughs) Um, They wanted me to go to a good school in Boston and and get my degree. Um, But I wound up doing that anyways in the the military. I was actually um, in charge of nuclear ICBM security in a couple of the bases uh, in the Midwest. And I did that for about four, four and a half years. Um, Grew up a lot. And uh, I went to school there as well. I got my associates in uh, criminal justice. And uh, then I got out... I wanted to go back into the civilian workforce, uh, go back into my passion, which was technology. Cool. And uh, I went to Stony Brook University. And so uh, at Stony Brook University, I had that military background. So I was kind of like itching to get out into the workforce. I had two more years to go. I got my information systems um, degree um, and um, never looked back. I actually worked for Stony Brook as a lead uh, systems analyst um, running all their systems uh, and, uh, then I got a job at Accenture, which was amazing. So, um, really the ability to soak up different businesses and different industries, mm-hmm. um, going onto projects every yeah, six they months. Through,
0: they, that's a, I've they, done that as well. I've worked for consulting where yeah. I flew around for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. it's It brings you up to speed. It's really yep. sink or
1: swim. Um, mm-hmm. some people can really, um, flourish in that environment. Uh, and I took it for, for a ride. And so um, my first project was with actually the IRS. Um, And so we we rebuilt their data center infrastructure um, on top of VMware. It was actually 4.0 at the time. Um, And I was their lead um, Active Directory architect, which was a big undertaking. You can imagine how big that organization is. Um, And that was all being run on vSphere at the time. So Active Directory and vSphere was kind of like oil and water. at that point and there wasn't a lot of people doing it and so we were able to virtualize that workload and that's where I really got my foray into VMware my manager at the time was like hey you should be one of the few people at Accenture which at the time I think was about 200,000 people strong now it's about 400,000 people uh, very big company there was only a few people that had the VCP at that time in, yeah. in Accenture so he's like you should really go do that off the heels of this project and that's where everything changed um, so when I got my VCP um, I got noticed by some of the folks that were managing the Accenture relationship at VMware. They invited me down to, uh, I believe, a partner, partner exchange at the time in Orlando. This was many moons ago. Yeah. Many moons ago, and uh, yeah, they said, "Hey, we would love you to come on board and actually run uh, Accenture from VMware." Oh, um, right. so, I, I, right. so I did yeah. that, um, and so I came over. I never looked back. I've been here for eight years. I've done a whole bunch of stuff, been in uh, partner alliances. I've run engineering teams for Software Defined Data Center and VMware Validated Designs, VCF. Um, and now I'm in global services helping to drive this industrial revolution of support through AI and ML, right, yep. so technology. Right. So that's kind of where this has all been anticipated so, from.
0: I have one question yep. for you. What version of vSphere did you first get, uh, get your feet wet? 4.0. 4.0. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. yep that's about right. I was going to guess that. I was at 3. Yeah. 3.1 was my first into where I got my VCP, right? I yeah. I have never gotten another VCP. So, like, I don't – all the, all it was at the time was just basically ESX right, with yeah. V Center. But uh, it, things have grown. So, yeah. It, it yeah. has
1: definitely grown right. um, into, you know, our this solution um, right. of systems, really, like kind of the – the Windows operating system, and now we have all these pieces coming together and working together, it's pretty unbelievable. And that was kind of the transition that I made this last, you know, I came on to Global Services team um, working for Scott Betos uh, about two years ago now. Um, really what I noticed, Eric, was, yeah, we're starting to develop and engineer um, our products as solutions now, um, and really drive that cohesiveness um, and robustness across the products, however, the support when it comes to supporting these massive solutions, multiple products, um, and now as a service, that really needed to be transformed. And so we're going through a massive transformation uh, on behalf of our customers to differentiate the VMware brand and company on the support experience. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you could have the best speeds and feeds, but when customers actually have to use the software and they're having difficulty and they don't have a really good experience, they can go somewhere else, right? And so um, we want to make sure that our support experience and that day two piece is really seamless. We're making it effortless for customers, right? Amazon's gotten really big because they make it so easy to do things on their platform. It's not the prettiest, but it's just, it's just so easy. And so that's what we're looking to do with support and support is that single thread that goes across all products. It all goes to one team. Um, and, um, we are transforming that whole organization through technology. And Skyline is a big part of that.
0: All right. Well, that sounds like you've had a nice (laughs) journey. And uh, I'm glad you're at VMware and uh, doing a good work. And uh, that's why we thought we would reach out and talk to you guys about uh, where Skyline is. So maybe we can just do a little bit of uh, what's, uh, what's, where is Skyline? I know it's like a, two years old now, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, where does it sit? And, uh, and then we'll start talking about some of the features uh, and then where you're going um, yeah. you know, for, in the future. So why don't you just give us the summary of Skyline and how it's going?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so you're right, two years old. Um, uh, Pat and Michael Dell actually announced it on stage uh, at the Emerald 2017. Um, this was at the end of August so, um, and, and really, that mission, um, when they announced it, was twofold. One, use technology and data to keep customers out of harm's way. So avoid issues before they happen. That's the proactive support piece. Right. Um, and then indirectly through that, through doing that, shifting to a proactive support model, um, build more confidence with our customers and partners to go use more of our software. Right, because if you're having difficulties with it, you're always in this firefighting escalation mode. You really don't have a good confidence level to go deploy more or newer solutions, right, yeah. from our stack. And so we really wanted to focus on those two missions with Skyline, and it's been going fantastic. I mean, it is yeah. one of VMware's fastest-growing cloud services. We're actually adding a thousand customers a month.
0: So I got, I got to, yeah. I got to stop and just yeah. a couple comments here, sure. which is it's interesting you lay it out that way because If you look at uh, AWS, right, AWS has a couple value props, right? Uh, One is uh, it frees me, and one of the ones that I think you're hitting on, is that it frees me to spend more time up the stack, right? Um, And to some degree, that's because they're running it in their data center, right? But it's, it's because they're dealing with the hardware and racks and stacks and all that. But secondly, they're managing the operations, right? Now, if I've got my own data center, I don't need to buy more racks and sacks at Amazon because they're charging a premium for that. But what they do give me is that ability to just to run it, right? And to some degree, Skyline takes technology then and what you hinted at is that we can just help you run it. Right. And we'll give you that level of run support that you get from AWS without needing to go to AWS because we can connect technology into your management apps and then just make sure it stays up for you.
1: Yeah, there's a productivity piece in Skyline that's really important, right? When we talk to customers that are running these massive environments, right, and you're like, oh, you must have like 10 to 15 people on your team. They're like, no, it's just me. Right. And... It's 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 pretty crazy to think about that. Right. Thousands of hosts, tens of thousands of virtual machines, applications, right, running on top of that critical infrastructure. Um, One of our um, reference customers, Match.com, you know, online dating is taking off in many ways. They own Tinder as well. But, you know, they told us that this is a force multiplier. This allows them to get productivity back into their workforce so that they can focus on delivering that next application, that next service on top of their platform, and not spending time on the phone with support or in the bowels of the infrastructure. gives them that extra pair of eyes and ears that they wouldn't necessarily have. Um, And the beautiful part is that Skyline's included in the support contract. So if you have production support or premier support, there's about 200,000 customers that that are in those two tiers, so it's a lot of customers. Um, You know, you have this. It's,
0: it's, you it's yours. It, right? You, you just, just don't have to deploy it. You have to decide. In, in my land of social media and tools, I'll just yeah. t- take a moment here and say that it, there's tons of features that we have in uh, Social Studio, Hootsuite, Talkwalker, you know, uh, Lithium, and a couple others right? that we never get to right? Yeah. because there's only like three of us, right? me, Corey, and Tommy Berry. <laughs> and run yep. most of the guts of the infrastructure. Is Tommy then, on, by the way? Uh, Tommy's, I don't think he no, okay. uh, he could be. He might He might not be. Um, shout out to Tommy. Well, yeah, shout about. out to Tommy. He's great. I, I talked to him this morning. But the, the truth is we have to selectively decide what's going to give us enough value to spend uh, some of our time setting up, configuring, and making some functionality work, right? So there is always that trade-off of how much you have, and when you talk about 10,000 or 20,000 new customers a month, or whatever number you just quoted, there sounds yeah. big. Uh, I think that probably plays into it, right? Which is. When am I ready? When do I see the value of this so compelling that it'll actually free up more of my time if I choose to enable this feature, right? Because yeah. a lot of these people must have it because a lot of people have enterprise support contracts probably by and large 70 to 80% of the, our customers probably already have this. It's just a question of knowing enough about it and then getting confident enough that this isn't going to be a time drag. This is actually going to give yes. me time back,
1: right? Yes, absolutely. And we we've been... We've been working on multiple fronts to grow the awareness of Skyline. If you think about it, VMware is a product company, right? We're not a support and services company. We're not a PSO company. We're not a consulting company. Um, We would be classified differently if we were. We're a product company. We're a software company. And, you know, this is the first time in our history where we're releasing products through global services, right? right? So Skyline is a product. It's a cloud service. It happens to be included with the support contract, but... You know customers and the community they listen to what the product teams have to say what you know when vSphere comes out with a new feature like Project Pacific, everybody perks up and is like, "Wow, this thing is this thing is amazing and so we've had to do our due diligence to get the word out and I think there's still an awareness uh, challenge, right? There's a lot of customers we've gotten to the biggest and most complex customers um, there's about fifty to sixty percent saturation rate in our um, uh, premier support customers. So these are customers that have mission critical support, business critical support, healthcare critical support. And, and
0: I'll tell one more joke here. No. keep it light, right? Like on the awareness thing, I think it is yeah. true. You need awareness. And, and it, this year I'm now actually calling it uh, Skyline instead of Skyrim, ah, right? Because okay. Skyrim is the online video game that every, you know, like yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of, a big fun game. And there was that first year where everybody's like, what Sky, what are yeah. you doing? Right? Like, now you got now now everybody knows the brand and now I think people are trying to make that decision. So you're at sixty to seventy percent on your your top tier customer base. And yeah, yeah. I, I like to say you
1: you know you're doing your job in product marketing when uh, customers and internal stakeholders and partners stop saying like,
0: what is Skyrim, that? What Sky, is that thing? What what is is the, the, is that a James Bond movie? Like, like isn't there Yeah, one where did right. this come from? Right. Like
1: how right. does it work together with everything right. else? That you know it shifted to oh, I've heard about that thing. I need to go look at yeah, it and go install, install it. it. Or right. I already have it installed. I have feedback for you, which is the best one Neat. to make it better. Right? Right. And so that's the phase that we're in, but we still have work to do. Um, a, a large part of that is telling customer stories. Right? So our team prides itself on being able to go into customers, say, here's the value. Go try it out. Go deploy it across your environment right? because there's kind of like a, an adoption breadth and there's an adoption depth to penetrate the customers right right um and so um when we go back to customers and say hey where are you seeing the value in this right. um and they say well we saved 48 hours in a ticket the other day just by being able to automate all of our logs across vSphere and nsx to support right. i mean two days of productivity saved in an escalated emergency state right? right a downtime state that was just log assist that's our our help on the reactive side right. then when you see large customers you know, Accenture was on stage with us at VMworld San Francisco. Um, Accenture remediates everything that's coming out of Skyline. 90% of the, the proactive findings that get surfaced across their environment, they remediate right away. And so they do a really good job of, of modeling that proactive IT organization, that model of, of IT. And we actually start to see their reactive SR count, right? These big customers that are actually um, remediating these things, you actually see the reactive SR count going down. So the theory of Skyline... Um, you know, the business case around it, why we wanted to do it, has actually been proved out. And then we tell those stories to other customers, and they're like, this is a no brainer.
0: Yeah, this is a this right. It's going to just save me time on a call.
1: Exactly. Or save
0: my staff time on calls, right? Exactly. Uh, which, 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 got to say, is pretty good. So uh, back up just a little yeah. bit. So for people that might not have heard of Skyline, why don't we just do the, the high level summary? Skyline is. Uh, yeah. tethered back to VMware where we're looking at data, we're passing yeah. secure data through agents back in, and then we're then doing predictive analysis of what could fail and then working with, you know, the businesses. I'm doing the summary, but yeah. why don't you wanted to take it?
1: Yeah, uh, v- v- VMware Skyline is VMware's proactive support service. Um, we support vSphere today, uh, vSAN, uh, NSX-V. Uh, we support VROps, and we support Horizon. All proactively. Um, We can upload logs automatically. Um, And the beautiful thing about Skyline is once you have it installed, not only do you get that information as the customer 24 7 um, all the time through our advisor portal, but our support engineer um, also has that information. So when you call in, it's no longer, oh, what do you have installed? What version is it? Uh, How do you have it configured? Um, now I'll oh, go, go upload the logs on my VMware. We can actually request logs from customers through this backend system that we have. So it's kind of like a mirror. We actually, you know, you're the customer, Eric. Mm-hmm. I'm the TSC. I can see everything you have deployed. I can see the health of that deployment. I can see if you have VxRail running. I can see if you have VVDs running. I can tailor my responses to you. And I don't have to ask you 40 silly questions on the phone, like what what version of vSphere or vCenter do you have installed? What kind of? recommendations should we be making. So from that aspect it's it's really key. What customers do if they want to go install it, they download a small OVA. It's called the Skyline Collector. It's about a 15 to 30 minute installation process, non-intrusive. Yeah. Probably as a, um,
0: an appliance OVA, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you'll go install that in your environment. Um, you can install multiple multiple of those. What we recommend in large multi-geography uh, environments is install one collector per physical location. Um, you'll hook that collector up to your vCenter, up to your NSX managers, up to your VR ops managers, uh, Horizon Connection servers, if you have those things, um, and it'll start collecting securely product telemetry information. So these are not logs. We're not right. collecting logs autonomously, not yet anyways, but we collect this product telemetry information so that we can do analysis on known issues. So these right. are things that customers have hit in a reactive support mode firefighting mode, they call us up, they said, hey, I just ran into this NTP issue. Okay, then we go and solve that for them. We write a KB article about it, right? Right. But most people are not searching across Mm -hmm. millions of KB articles every day, they don't have time for that. So what Skyline does is we actually program all of that into our analysis engine. So all the KBs that are impactful to our customers, all the known issues, we put that into the engine and then, then we can compare that across your data. And we can do that across customers, too, right? So we can see where the impact is. Um, this helps on multiple fronts. It helps you be more proactive and avoid issues before they occur um, through through this known issue detection process. But also for our product teams. Our product teams can see, hey, there's 6,000 customers running Skyline. Um, we know that there's a problem in these areas, right? right. And now it's it's not oh, we have a burning SR over here that's an escalated state, one customer complaining. It's like, oh, hey, there's a bunch of customers that have this known issue or this thing in their environment and we can go back to the product teams and say, you know, here's the data on all of this across our customer base. So that's the process. Um, It's a pretty quick uh, down and dirty process. Customers do it in about 30 minutes if they have their My VMware um, user ID and password. If they have the service account set up for uh, for vCenter and for all the other products, um, and they can get this thing up and running. It takes 48 hours from the time that you actually stand up the collector to get that first initial analysis. Um, that's important to note about Skyline. It's not real time. You're right. not going in there in a knock fashion, looking at VR ops, for example, and looking at performance and anomalies and things like right. that. This is, you, know, you go in there, most customers go in there maybe uh, once, twice, three times a week to look at what's new, what proactive findings are new popping up, or if they need to upload logs or something like that. They'll do that automatically if they have a problem, Um, but that is a difference between something like we get that question, like what, you yeah. know, via ops, right. for right. example, and the management products, right. um, how does this all interoperate? So I so, don't
0: know. So I'll stop you, you there because I, yeah. I have a couple of interesting comments with regard to this, which yeah. is one, we, we talk a lot of the experts listen to podcasts, right? And yeah. we've been wrestling over the last year or so with our GS uh, counterparts, Edward. Uh, I don't know if you know Ed or not. Uh, Ed. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ed's a great guy and he works with us on community. We're always talking about how would we get, you know, con- uh, the, the top, 30 call generators out to the V experts, right? You know, yeah. we're always wrestling with, can we get out of GS like the top 30 call generators, right? Because there are these known problems. We can get them. The experts can do articles on them. We can get them out. But I'm, I'm realizing just listening to you that uh, that's actually the wrong way to do it. What we really should do is just get uh, everybody to use Skyline because uh, it's hard to get the top call generators out of GS, because they're just not set up to do that right now. Uh, But Skyline does that automatically, right? Because you're pulling that data, you're figuring out what the predictive failures are. You know what's failing, right? So you can actually build that into your algorithms, right? And look for the issues that are going to be... And, you know, if 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 there's the next bug or there's the next problem, you can just go through, put that in Skyline. Skyline can go flag customers that already have that paradigm that's going to be identified. And then, you know, you can go work with them, get it fixed, get it upgraded, whatever it needs to happen. Yep. You do that without any, you know, I don't have to tweet about it. I don't even have to put in a knowledge, uh, knowledge article. I can, just, I can just have the AI engine do this, flag yep. it, and uh, we get a list of things that need to be fixed at, a, at, a, at an enterprise customer. It gets fixed before anybody run in, runs into the trouble. Right? Yes. So yes. The, the reality is we just probably should have the experts talking more skyline. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean,
1: we, we definitely need that help. Again, the awareness. awareness right. um, because
0: you're, already, you're yeah. already getting that list of issues and you're already applying it to known data sets at customer sites to be able to say, here's where you're going to have trouble.
1: Yeah, and
0: um, if you're going to have trouble, it's changing
1: the conversation all over the place. It's changing what, you know, sysadmins or vSphere virtualization um, engineers, sysadmins, um, whatever you want to call them. It's changing the way that they operate in their environment, because not only do they have more time to spend on more important things, but they can go back to their management. They're actually starting to do this. We see this all the time that they're reporting on, hey, you know, we're doing a really good job at moving into this proactive IT model. Right. And um, here's what else we can do this month that we wouldn't be able to do normally. And uh, so it's changing the conversation with the customers. Um, we also just announced, um, uh, or we just released actually our upgrade recommendations. So um, within Skyline now, you'll see all your proactive findings, um, uh, you know, in a card or a list view, but now we actually consolidate all of that to say, Hey, if you were just to make this one change, you can take care of 70 of these issues. If you were just to upgrade to this version, here's the best version to, for you to upgrade to based on all the risk and all the known issues that we found in Skyline. We tell you the upgrade sequence. We do a, a automatic interoperability check across all the software that we support um, using the internal VCG API so that customers don't have to go look through matrices and try to figure out, oh, if I do this, am I going to break other parts of the environment? It's also changing the conversation there because normally what do you do when you have to go upgrade? This is a, a major pain point for, for customers. Well, okay, what's the reason for me up, to upgrade? Uh, am I going to go end of life? That's number one mm-hmm. usually. I, I have to. I have that's no choice. That's where I'm always at. Yeah, yeah, I have no choice. I got to go do it. And that's right. never good is to not have choice and have your back up against the wall to go do something. Um, or the business is saying, hey, I want that new feature. And it's like, okay, you want that new feature, but things are working kind of good right now. Right. Right.
0: So there's some trade off there. Now you but, just go in the list. <laughs> yeah, but now try. but
1: now it's it's right. really shifting the conversation to, oh, we have this extra bit of information. We have th- this extra vector that we can talk about with management to say, no, there's actually a lot of risk in the level that we're at right now. And if we go to this next level based on what Skyline's recommending, we can take all of these security vulnerabilities away. We can take all these configuration uh, best practices and make them right. We can take these um, you know, All the upgrade recommendations across all these findings and 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 clear that off, and so now it's it's accelerating those conversations we have tam's coming back to us saying yeah this this is really helping us in these really tough difficult conversations with it management Um, and and that's that's huge we're giving um i I really feel you know we were talking to um sky um, in the uk which is now owned by comcast they're one of our reference customers as well they were on stage uh, at vmworld san francisco with us and They run an amazing IT shop. They're really doing cool things. I think they're releasing like 40 new services a month uh, on top of their SDDC platform. They're running a really lean shop. But just to see what Skyline has done for that sysadmin team to free them up and go do important things, and they're becoming more strategic to their company. They're getting asked to do more things um, than just, hey, just run the infrastructure. You know, that's amazing. It's like giving people career opportunities. Yeah. And this is not about, you know, everybody talks about AI and ML taking away jobs and all this stuff. No, this is actually making everybody better. It's empowering people with better data um, to go do more important things. And so we truly believe that. And that's why I think we've had some success with bringing on so many customers, right? We have 6,000 customers um, today today. We want to get to 10,000 by the end of this year. Nice. And then, you know, our total addressable market is hundreds of thousands of customers. With yeah,
0: it's just interesting that you talk about risk justification during upgrade planning. Yeah. right? Like just having that data and having something concrete that, you know, that you can look at in your production environment to say, hey, this is this this just gives me what I need to be able to schedule this and get resources to do that work. Right? Absolutely. Right. And having, having that tool, um, VRO, Vrops and Dell support assist integration. I got that on a list here that I'm looking at. What, what is that?
1: Yeah. So two things, I'll take the ops one first. Um, our customers early on when we announced Skyline, were like, Hey, how, how is this dis- different from VROps? Um, and, um, what we quickly noticed is we needed to, Come up with a cmbu with a better together strategy right so um skyline is a proactive support service that's included in your support contract very different from a product that you buy that you have to go architect deploy manage all this stuff right and and set up the dashboards customize that have people looking at those dashboards Um, but there was a story that was emerging to say hey if we can go merge these data streams together Right. Right. VROps has all of the unknown issues, anomaly detection, real-time data. It's looking at logs. It's looking at uh, telemetry information. It's looking at all these things. It, it looks at things outside of the VMware infrastructure. That's another uh, uh, very important point. Skyline only looks at the VMware infrastructure. It right. does not look in the VMware guest. Yes, we can see things in the hardware level because we have ESXi uh, and, and NSX and looking at those things. But very important to note that VROps, you can monitor anything. I mean, right, I think sure. I think yeah. when it was in Terrian, I think customers are using it to monitor ATM machines, right? right? right. Um, back before we we even um, uh, acquired it. Um, and what was interesting there is customers said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I can have Skyline running, I have VROps running, I have my teams using VROps to manage my global environment across the board. Wouldn't it be cool if I can just take the Skyline data and plug it right into the VROps dashboard? Because that's where they're looking. They don't want to go into the... the the Skyline dashboard all the time, they just want to look at it in in VROps. So we said, oh, okay, that's great. We'll build a management pack with the CMBU uh, in partnership. And um, now if you have Skyline deployed and you use the management pack, all of those proactive findings can be seen in the VROps UI. Not only that, VROps has a cool integration with ServiceNow that you can ticket off of that information. So normally what happens with Skyline customers is they look at their product findings, uh, they look at it for the month uh, aspect, and they say, okay, here's the changes that I wanna go make in my infrastructure. What do they have to do, go do next? They have to submit a ticket in their ITSM system, um, open up a maintenance window, tell everybody about it, make sure they can automate it if it's a big change, um, and then make that change, right? They have to do that all manually um, today. Um, it's, it's all in their control to go do that. We just give them the information on, here's where you're at risk, Here's the objects that have been identified. Here's exactly what to do about that configuration and that fix. Here's the solution with the KB article or security advisory, um, but they have to go schedule it and make the change in the environment. We're not at the point yet where we're a self-driving data center where VMware just makes the change. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, but with the VROps Ops integration with the Management Pack, now they can actually do that. They can actually just push it all the way through from a proactive yeah. finding so that's they critical. Could, they
0: could. With that integration, yeah. you could actually say, go do this, and it'll – Yeah, and you, you can, can just do that. put
1: it into your ITSM system. Yeah. You have ServiceNow, which a lot of customers do, and then it tickets it, and then the whole team knows about it, and then they can go execute it. Yep. And so there's a yep. huge benefit um, to that. We have uh, hundreds of customers using that management pack, so integrating Skyline together with VROps, and it actually is leading us closer together with the CMBU in the, in the sense like Pat wants us to get to the self-driving data center, right? If there's self-driving cars and Tesla's really making way in that, why can't software drive itself? And yes, we're gonna to have to build a lot of trust with our customers to say, hey, you know, we know what to change in the environment. And you're kind of seeing this with Magna and vSAN auto tuning and what's come out so far. You know, we can go make that change and make your, your environment more performant when you're using our storage products. But think about that on a mass scale where we can just have an automatic fix it button. Yes, you still have to schedule that fix. Yes, you still have to ticket it and all that stuff in your ITSM system. But that's the point that we want to get to. And I think working with CMBU and VR Ops and Log Intelligence and all these other um, awesome solutions, we can go turbocharge this experience.
0: Okay. So I'm going to stop you there because there's a chat, and I just want to get to it. This question was a while ago, so I'll just throw it out there. You mentioned NSX-V, right? Uh, People ask, what about NSXT?
1: Yes. Yeah, that is on our priority list. It is on our backlog. It is something that's strategic to the company. Great. Um, so it's all, yeah, all, all customers, you know, that are on V are moving towards T. Um, and so we know that. And so I would say, you know, look out for, for next year um, and we will have news around that.
0: All right. Great. Great. Uh, good, good question on chat. Thanks yeah, for that absolutely. one. Uh, Dell Support Assistant, I assume that integration is pretty much the same as VROPS, right, where you're just doing an integration into their stuff. But
1: very very similar. Um, you know, we have customers asking us all the time, like, hey, you know, yeah, your software is sitting on top of the hardware. You know a lot about the hardware, but, like, the the OEMs, you know, we need to kind of merge these experiences together, right? Uh, things like VXRail that are super hot right now that are uh, a software and hardware package um, together, Um how do we do support across these two different organizations, right? And so we looked at Dell because they're part of the family, and we said, hey, how can we start to um, make this experience more seamless through our proactive support technologies? And so Dell SupportAssist Enterprises, Dell's uh, Skyline, for all intents and purposes. And so what we're doing is a very basic initial integration that we um, announced at VMworld San Francisco this past Mm -hmm. uh, couple months ago um, it'll be available sometime in November to, to download. But what, what it actually does is if you're using Skyline, it'll detect, Skyline will detect if you have Dell PowerEdge servers underneath your VMware infrastructure. It'll say, hey, you can go install support assist and get Dell's proactive support technology installed because you don't have it installed on these hosts. Um, so we actually do a little cross-pollination and say, here's where you have a gap and here's where you can get more benefit out of the Dell and VMware relationship. Same thing is true on the Dell Support assist side. So customers that have Dell SupportAssist, SupportAssist will actually see if you're running VMware on top of your Dell host and say, hey, you're not running Skyline. You should be running Skyline. Um, and we, we cross-pollinate that. We give a very quick and down and dirty, here's what Skyline will do, here's what SupportAssist will do, and here's a quick link to go deploy both. And so now we're starting to look at what else can we do on top of this relationship to make that support experience even more seamless and effortless for customers? And, 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 you know, I think once we start executing on that strategy with Dell uh, more is to come around other OEMs, right?
0: Got it. Excellent. Excellent integration. Uh, I want to uh, just before we get to self-driving, which is the last topic we'll cover in, in kind of where you're going next year, um, I want to ask. So, do you guys, from a you know visualization perspective, I'm trying to get my head around this. Do you guys have a knock that you know Skyline is then looking at data alarms coming up? How do, or do you guys, because you're really watching people's data centers? How does that play out? Do you guys do a 24 by 7 knock environment? What does that look like? Yeah, we
1: we don't actually have a, a knock um, today. Right. Um, it's been discussed um, inside of the global support services business. However, what we want to do is enable and empower all of the global TSEs, right? We have a lot of TSEs around the globe that receive calls um, to not only um, provide that tailored, intimate experience, because now they have the data. They can just open up Skyline if a customer right. has it. It's integrated with our service desk and Salesforce. So, you know, cust- these uh, TSEs, support engineers, that's their cockpit. Right. Um, and so when you log in SR. You know, they can see, oh, this customer, this SR, has Skyline attached. They can go into Skyline um, and see all the data. Um, they can request logs from customers, and all a customer has to do is either approve or deny that right. request. Okay. Um, they can see their proactive findings and, and see their upgrade recommendations, as we discussed. Right. Um, so this provides just a much more intimate, tailored experience. Right. Um, we don't have a knock today. Right. We're not actively so monitoring. Like, we're
0: not driving yet. Yeah, it's not driving yet. Yeah. It's giving your, your, what you call them, TSEs, yeah, uh, technical to, support engineers, en- engineers yeah. visibility into this whole thing, and then they're coming in and just managing day to day, week to week, whatever their cadence is for, for that customer.
1: Yeah, and, and you, know, you, you have to understand also that you know, we've been doing support for the same way for 20 years almost as a company, right? It's been right. a reactive um, support business, we've gotten really good. We're one of the best support organizations in the world, right? Globally recognized for our reactive support. However, we know we have to make this shift to proactive, to differentiate the VMware brand, the company, um, and and improve the customer experience. Our Our global support vision is to become the most proactive support organization in the world. So what is the hardest part of that, you know, technology, people, and process triangle? It's the people and the process part and the behavior, right? And so, you know, we we are starting to see, hey, wow, our TSCs can be consultative with um, customers and use this data to empower that, that conversation and make it a much better experience for them as employees and for our customers. Give both sides better opportunities um, on, on that front. So that's where we're focusing now. It's a big effort. Um, we call it Project Elevate um, to really transform how we're running the support business. Um, and uh, it's going really well. I mean, obviously, it's going to take time, but like anything worthwhile, like we're just going to climb this mountain, and the obstacle is the way, as uh, as our All team likes to say.
0: All right, so we're at the top. We got ten more minutes, so yeah. let's uh, switch gears. Uh, where are you going? What are your hopes for next year? Uh, yeah, the self-driving is obviously one of them. So why don't you take us through where you're trying to go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a couple different areas. You touched the the question actually touched on one of them, which is just product support. Right, so we support vSphere, vSAN, NSXv, uh, vROps, and Horizon today, which is a good chunk of our portfolio, right? Um, but we have to get NSXT in there. Um, we're looking at, um, you know, hybrid cloud awareness, right? Um, Everybody going to start to use different cloud services. We have, you know, AWS. We have the Dell EMC cloud. We have Azure now, and we have Google. Um, like how? how do we know where these calls are coming from? How do we know what the infrastructure looks like across all these cloud services? And then on-premise too, how are we going to do a good job of supporting all of these complexities across the board? And so, you know, Skyline as, uh, you know, uh, uh, this visibility um, capability to to really see across that and be proactive across the hybrid cloud, that's really something that we want to look at. Um, The other piece is... uh, we get a certain amount of tickets each year, and there's a very high percentage of uh, SRs that we get are just around vSphere alone. Okay, right. that makes sense. So about 65% are just vSphere alone. So if Skyline only just supported vSphere and we could be doing it, a good it job of it, would be a the, win what, for, it would be a win, for, right? right. Um, so we really want to focus there because if we, if we can take out a bunch of SRs out of that vSphere pool, and then also, not only, like, that's all the old versions that are already out there deployed, but also take all that information and go back to the product teams and be, be like, hey, for 7.0 and for all these other things that are coming out, um, here's, here's what we should do differently, right, from a supportability, manageability ex- experience. So we really want to get closer on that front um, as well. We want to provide um, a better experience around um, for our TSEs. So that they can do so. Today we do log assist. That's the process of consolidating and automating the log upload process, which is very painful for customers if they're not using log assist. Um, But what about once we get the logs? How do we root cause analyze that? How do we get the answer back to the customer as fast as possible? So we're we're trying to cut down that process as well by building new tools on the back end for our TSCs. But then we also want to anything that we build internally that's valuable. We want to bring that into the fold for customers. So bring that into our customer facing dashboard as well called advisor um, so that they can do kind of like a, like a minute clinic type of thing where they can look at their logs and read them very quickly and get a high level summary. We're really trying to focus on self service. So if you can't solve something proactively before it happens, how can you use all of your knowledge on VMware to self serve, right? Cause most of our customers are experts, very knowledgeable on our products. Right. How do we provide the right information to them so they never have to call support? That would be a lovely day. Wouldn't it you know, it, when, when customers don't have to call support anymore, we know that there's always going to be reactive issues, uh, bugs and software and stuff like that. And we have to have a good experience there, but it'd be great if we can really push into proactive. Um, and that's the next piece, which is once we do a good job in proactive and when we are deflecting a lot of these SRs, what's next, you know, where do we take this thing? And, and that's, actually putting the steering wheel on the car and having somebody actually steer it. And um, that's the self-driving data center. That's autonomous support. And like I mentioned before, we have to build a lot of trust with our customers in this proactive support phase, going from reactive to proactive firefighting mode to, to preventative. But once we get there customers will trust us and be like, yeah, these are the right changes that I made manually. And it really saved um, a lot of time for us now let's just put a fix it button, or now just say, hey, automate that fix, and I don't even want to know about it. Just tell me what you did afterwards. Right. There's a lot of stuff that needs to happen before we get there, but I think working with um, the amazing engineers in the CMBU and... That's across- what I was going to
0: say, that C M B connection with eRealize Operations, yeah. where you can build that, connect them, and everybody c- gets comfortable with that. Customers are comfortable with that. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's just Self-driving, right? Yeah. And uh, and I can I have visibility into what the VROPS is doing, right? Yeah. I'm I'm setting that up and enabling, uh, you know, Skyline to be able to drive those processes. Yeah. So I have, you know, I'm just not handing it to VMware to let them build it. I'm building the processes, but then I'm letting Skyline kind of like that automatic automatic driver.
1: Yeah. 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 And and we're not in Skyline. We're not trying to um, build an execution engine or a framework right. because there's other products that do that. There's right. VRO. SDDC manager does automatic uh, configuration changes and upgrades and things like that for VCF. There's a bunch of stuff that the product teams are building that we can plug into and just say, hey, we have all the data. There's a Mount Everest worth of data in support that we can provide and pump into the products. Um, And you're going to start to see that more. The last piece I wanted to touch on is we touched on making the experience effortless and all of the things that we've built so far have been in external portals. So to access Skyline information, you have to go to the Skyline Advisor, which is on our cloud services portal, just how you access like VNC yeah. and AWS, right? Right. That's that's external to your vSphere client where you're working and building things, right? I want it in vCenter. Yeah. yeah, and so what are we going to do there to actually build it into where the customers are working, where the users are actually doing their jobs and put it right. at their fingertips. Right. So they don't have to go lose context and be like, oh, I'm working on this. Now I got to go out to this other thing, this other tab. Um, And you're going to see a lot more of that. You're going to actually see a lot uh, at the show in Barcelona next week. We're very excited about our announcements next week um, to to see that in a big way. Um, uh, Building these technologies, building this artificial intelligence, this machine learning into the products so that we can better support our customers. Now, that's not to say that we're going to build everything into the products because – we need to have a portal experience also right the portal experience is a global view of all geographies all instances of vmware whereas in the product you're going to see analysis for that product for that instance on like a singularity basis right so if you want to see it across product cross solutions cross geographies you're always going to have to go out to a portal to go see that view so we want to sort of mirror these capabilities just like in today you know you got to yeah. go out to a portal to look look at your licenses and look at all that stuff across all, you know, um, but we want to have it um, be seamless across the in-product experience
0: and the sure. outside. The there's times experience. when I'm in v Center and there's times when I'm not, and yeah. I'm out on a browser and I just want to go my VMware and, See my licenses, right? So yeah. there's, there's dual use there. Uh, question in chat, uh, what's the oldest vSphere version supported by Skyline?
1: Yeah, so we still support 5.5, All even right. though it's out okay. of support. Yeah, it's um, say
0: there's guys here saying, oh, I'm, I got to do an upgrade because I'm at 5.5. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: So uh, if you do have 5.5, um, absolutely. We do still surface proactive findings. We support Log Assist. Um, and so, yeah, 5.5 and up. All right. Uh, NSX 6.2 and up. Horizon 7.0 and up, and vROPS 7.5 and up, I believe. Uh, don't shoot me if I uh, made a mistake there. Um, it's all on our documentation right. website. So
0: the, their response is woohoo. I'll go look at installing yeah. on them. So there you go. Yeah, and yeah.
1: and that's really the call to action. Right? Multiple
0: vCenter support. What's that? Multiple vCenter support. I don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, so if that's linked mode for vCenter, we do right. not support link mode. So if you, if you attach a collector to one vCenter and it's a link mode to others, it won't pull automatically. You have to right. actually attach each vCenter. Um, but we with one collector, we have customers that are running 60 plus vCenters underneath.
0: All right, yeah, they collector. have two so independent vCenters, yeah. so
1: they should be fine. So you can right. use, if, it's, if, it's, if those two vCenters are in one geographical location, you can use one collector and collect from both. Be fine. Nice.
0: All right. Okay. So that's where you're going. Um, so how, as we have two minutes left uh, yeah. here at the top of the hour, uh, how can the community help you guys? Get yeah. the word out, obviously. Right? Yeah, so- I, think,
1: I think there's the general awareness. And we love to share customer stories. We love customers talking to other customers about how this is changing the way that they're doing their job. Um, so that's number one go try it out. I mean we if you want to take a test drive We have a new lightning lab on hands-on lab platform for nice. skyline nice. We have the full-blown lab You, you don't even, you don't even need to install anything, you know, you can just have a HTML browser and internet connection and go see what it is
0: See, um, see what what it's collecting yeah. and how it's presenting it. Uh, yeah, just go to a lab,
1: right go to a lab um, yeah. You know, it only takes 15 to 30 minutes to actually stand it up in your environment um, So you can actually have it very quickly if you have production or premier support um, but once Once you install it, really, you know, we pride ourselves on growing and listening and educating ourselves on all the feedback that we're getting. So we have an in-product feedback mechanism. There's actually a tab on the right-hand side of all the Skyline UI pages that says Feedback and Support. If you click on Feedback, you can write on any feature that you're using what you like about it, what you don't like about it, what's just okay, any sort of roadmap items that you'd like to see. Please use that because we're always learning. We're always changing the backlog based on what you guys want us to build. We look at every customer as a design partner. This is your tool. This is your product as much as it is ours because you're using this stuff every day. This is, this is your day-to-day, and you spend so much time at work. We want to make it useful. So please do that. Um, we're at vMugs. We're on Twitter. Go hit us up on Twitter. We're what's, on, your,
0: what's your Twitter handle? Do you know what it is?
1: Just at VMware Skyline.
0: At, at VMware Skyline. Yeah. And uh, Josh, do you have a Twitter handle? Yes, at Joshua Laurie. Alright, so that's it's very easy. All right. Um, if you're angry at Joshua, apparently you call him Joshua. Yeah. Uh, so, so on Twitter, getting... people
1: usually are somewhat angry. Somewhat so angry, you but... know, <laughs> I use my full name for that one.
0: Fantastic. Um,
1: but yeah, you can you can hit us up on the VMTN community. We have our own Skyline community, as yes, you know. Yes, we Eric, do. Yep.
0: Um,
1: and that is monitored by GSS staff, by the way. So you yep. will get an answer um, in that community. And uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. That's really the essence. Come see us at Barcelona, too, right. if you're going to be there. And hey,
0: if you're a V expert and uh, you want to reach out to Josh, I'm sure he'd be happy to have you guys do some blog articles. Right, yep. just talk about your experience because I think part of what we have to do here is just get them, this message out. We're looking forward to the announcements at VMworld, and uh, now we all know the name. We know what you're doing, and I'm I'm a big fan of it. So uh, it's it's great, and uh, we have the community. Um, so thanks a lot, Josh, for being on the show and uh, talking us through it. Josh Laurie, Senior Director of Product, Marketing and Global Services. Thanks a lot for being here.
1: Thanks so much, Eric. All right. This is great.
0: And with that, we'll just switch to the end, which is a barbecue report. Uh, I don't know if Tony Foster, I think he's still on the call. Tony, got any good I am barbecue? still here. It's getting cold here. I, I haven't done any barbecue and barbecuing. It is getting cold. I haven't had a chance to barbecue myself, so um, I don't have any good reports. Yeah, there is. What can I do with candy? We should should call it the barbecue Christmas cookie report here pretty soon because uh, (laughs) we're hitting into that season. We are going to start talking about turkey, though. So uh, there's definitely some some cool recipes on uh, how to smoke a turkey. So maybe we'll uh, we'll take that as an action item. We will be in Barcelona. I am going to try to organize a uh, podcast for next week while we're there. It'll be probably pre-recorded because we're off hours. Uh, so um, if we we get one out, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, thanks a lot for being here, and hope you have a great rest of your week. Until then, we'll see you in Barcelona next week. Thanks a lot, and take care.